When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, another week of the offseason has finally passed. We're one more week closer to the NFL draft, and there's a lot that we've got to be able to get to between now and then. But um, one of the the topics, uh, TJ, that a lot of people are discussing right now, because there are some big names. Your guy, Aaron Rodgers, we know it's going to be, hey, it's either going to be the Jets, uh, Green Bay, or you know, it's just Jets and nothing else, uh, but Lamar Jackson. Uh, the conversation surrounding him and his uh, very opportunistic tweet while John Harbaugh, his coach, was uh, at the owners' meeting doing his press conference. Uh, but it brings up the question of the quarterback situation here in Detroit. And a lot of people still believe that the Lions is a good place for Lamar Jackson, that it's a good fit because of the cap room, because of the draft capital. Uh, that that That's all fact, that... In terms of the business side of things, I think it's a good fit. In terms of Brad Holmes' philosophy, I don't think it fits. And we heard then again yesterday from Dan Campbell when he was speaking at the owners' meeting how much they love Jared Goff. I think Jared Goff is going to be their guy for some time for the foreseeable future. But what we don't know is who's going to be that backup quarterback. Um, Nate Sudfeld re-signed this, this week. Are we putting too much, or I don't know how much you've listened to Stoney and I in the morning, I'm of the mindset that unless they go in with a reliable backup, and I wouldn't put Nate Sudfeld. He may be, but we don't know. He hasn't thrown a pass since 2020 um, in a regular season game. Am I putting too much into the Lions' need to find a reliable number two quarterback in case Jared Goff has to miss a second half of a game or if he's out for a week or two? This doesn't take into account, and I don't think anybody is in great position other than the San Francisco 49ers, to be, if their starting quarterback goes down in week three, the rest of their season's probably host. But am I putting too much stock into or or too much emphasis on the importance of the backup quarterback? Yeah, I don't put as much stock into it as other people do. And I think really the last couple weeks, people are like, well, quarterback, what about a backup? We're, you know, our starter goes down, we're screwed. It's like, well... Welcome to the other 31 teams. Yeah. <laughs> right? If Patrick Mahomes goes down, the Chiefs ain't winning the Super Bowl, right? Joe Burrow goes down. They're not in good shape. Nobody's going to be in good shape if your starting quarterback goes down. I'm not a believer that you take the path to, you know, get, go get a guy that's, you know, going to cost you $8, $10 million a year. I think that's money that could be better spent elsewhere. I think that, look, you have to be realistic. Of course you want a guy that can come in and, 
when you you know if for a series or two if you're winning the ball game that can just go in and not screw things up right um everybody wants a guy like that and i think those guys are can be found pretty easily uh but if you're talking about a guy that we're going to need to go win you know seven eight nine games those guys don't exist and <laughs> you know so i yes i think the backup quarterback position in my mind might be you know, the lowest on the list of um, what they have to do over the next month. You know, I just don't put that, I don't value that uh, as high as some other people do. I think that, uh, especially, you know, wasn't it a couple of years ago the Lions invested a ton of money into, not not a ton, but, you know, who was the backup quarterback? Chase Daniel? You know, didn't they yeah. pay him like a two-year, $18 million deal? It's like, you really want to put that much resource into a backup quarterback? Uh, you know, an insurance plan when you can spend that money elsewhere. Um, I just don't think that it's a it's it's a necessity right now. And look, we don't know much about Nate Sudfeld. Like you said, we didn't see him play at all last year. We didn't see him in the preseason. Uh, he wasn't signed until after um, after camp broke for the Lions. Um, but even you know the Sudfeld signing to me was I didn't even put that much stock into that. You know, I still think that there's a, a decent chance that they can get a guy. Uh, in this year's draft, whether it be, uh, you know, second, third, fourth round, a guy that can come in and, you know, sit for a little bit and learn. And, um, you know, I I just I, I'm just I'm not a believer in putting in too much capital into the backup quarterback position, a position that is never going to play in a position that if they do play, your team's probably screwed like every other team in the NFL. Yeah, so. I don't. I'm. I, I'm with you in the fact that I don't want to spend ten million dollars a year on a backup quarterback. I don't want to spend eight million dollars a year on a backup quarterback. But if Jared Goff misses, like we saw a couple of years ago, he missed three games. Tim Boyle came in, and there was pretty much no hope that there was going to be any type of offense. Are you okay with Nate Sudfeld being put in that position for three games when we're talking about, and we're going to talk about the over-under, it just came out in terms of the win total for the Lions. I want to get your take on where you think they should be given, you know, everybody stays healthy. But if we're talking about a team that we expect to be a playoff team next year, I mean, can we both agree on that? Yeah. If they're oh, yeah. a team that, I hope we, <laughs> yeah, Should. if they're a playoff team next year, that if Jared Goff has to miss three games, how much of an impact would that have on their playoff hopes? Well, look, I think that this system that Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell run is very, very quarterback friendly. They don't ask the quarterbacks to go out there and, uh, you know, make magic out of nothing, right? It's very system oriented, timing oriented. It, you know, one, two reads, that's it, right? And I think Jared Goff has excelled at that. Um, but that, to me, you know, that just kind of signals that, hey, if you put a young quarterback in or you put a backup quarterback in, I'm not going to say there's not a huge drop-off between between Jared Goff and backup quarterbacks in this league. But in this offense, mm-hmm. I think that it's much easier to put a guy like that in because it it, it – I don't want to say it's easy because playing quarterback is not easy in the NFL show. We know right. that. But in this system, you're not asked to be the guy that has to go out there and win the game for your team, right? You 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 got to go. You got to hand the ball off probably 30 times. You got to throw in maybe 15, 20 play action passes and maybe make five to 10 other passes on your own on third down to go out there and uh, get the job done. So I, I have a little bit more comfort knowing that this system is not as complex 
or not as quarterback, uh, you know, focused. Right. To say, you, you, yes, you can put in. I'm, gosh, I don't want to turn this into like, I'm it, negative against Jared Goff. But no, but is it the, more system like San Francisco where we I saw them so. start Absolutely. with Trey Lance, they went to Jimmy 100%. G, then they went to Brock Purdy, and it was insert quarterback, follow system, follow rules, and so. you can be successful. I think so. I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's what that's the kind of offense they want to run. And whether it's Kyle Shanahan with Jimmy Garoppolo all those years, you know, where they were going to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game and winning playoff games – you know, he wasn't doing anything spectacular. You're talking about guys that are probably throwing, you know, when things are going well, 18 to 24 passes in a game, right? I think the Lions, that's kind of the same type of mentality they want. They want to run the ball. They want to get the play-action game going. The quarterbacks don't need to make, you know, 15 to 20 miraculous plays in those offense right. like we see with some other offenses with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and even Josh Allen, right? They put a lot on those quarterbacks. The game plan revolves around those guys, and if they're having an off day, everybody's going to have an off day. They're, you're just not going to be good. These other systems that rely on really the whole offense, the run game, the play-action game, those are the systems that I think can afford to have a San Francisco, a Brock Purdy, a seventh-round pick, no experience, come in and be able to succeed um, because everything's – it's just a different – uh, it's just a different, you know, kind of focal point for the offense. And look, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to turn this, I don't want to say, you know, anything negative about Jared Goff, John, but when you look at especially just those last eight, ten games last year, when did the quarterback, when did Jared Goff make a throw out of rhythm, you know, hey, play broke down, I got to make a play, you know, big time, let's go, I got to deliver this, right? Top of my mind, and I know we had different vantage points last year. I was on the sideline watching. You're yeah. obviously watching on the TV. You get to see different things. But I can't remember one player where it was like, wow, that Jared Goff, that was holy crap. You know what I mean? That yeah. throw, right? That play, extending the play, whatever it was, that was tremendous. I mean, you think about, obviously, hey, the Jets, right, Come on the fourth one. That's a three-yard over route. I think you know, 10-year-old quarterbacks can throw that to a wide-open tight end. And I'm not trying to diminish what he did, right? right. You have to obviously have to make the play. But part of me says you can put other quarterbacks in this system too that will be successful because I think it's more of Ben Johnson. It's more of Dan Campbell. It's more of their, um, you know, just the belief in how they want to run the offense and their, the just fundamentally that – I know that's a conversation we're going to have another time, but when you talk about the quarterback position, it seems like this is a very quarterback-friendly offense that you can put a guy in there and probably still have success. Okay, so let me, uh, let me, let's me let take it one step further. Uh, I'm with you as well. I don't want to throw Jared Goff under the bus. I think he's a really good quarterback. But Dan Campbell had this to say yesterday at the owners' meeting, and I'm just going to read his quote. Listen, feel really good about it, Goff. Love Goff. Goff's our guy, man. I think he's proven over the last two years that, man, he's made for us. He's had to endure a lot, just like all of us have. I thought he played his best football last year, and I think he's going to come out and play the some of the, the best this year. Feel good about it. So I love our quarterback position right now. He continues, when you've got a quarterback, you hold on to those guys. I agree with him. And I agree with Brad Holmes saying earlier in the offseason, hey, it's a lot easier to get worse at that position. Jared Goff has two years left on his deal. We know the Lions are picking number six right now. And I'm not going to, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of do they take a quarterback at six? Do they trade up to get a quarterback? I don't care about that right now. But 
we know the price tag for quarterbacks continues to go up. Is Jared Goff going to be a Detroit Lion past next year? What does he have to show to prove to you that he's the guy that, that has to be that way? And if not, can they go and get a cheaper version and still have as much success? A lot of questions. There. Well, I mean, this time of year, you always have to kind of filter through the BS a little bit, right? right. This is lying season, right? <laughs> We're <laughs> free agencies <laughs> wrapping up. We're getting into the draft, right? It's, hey, you're trying to predict what other teams are going to do so you can properly, you know, set your draft board and, and set realistic goals of, hey, do we think we can get this guy? Do we have to move? What do we want to do? Uh, it's been pretty consistent, though, you know, their praise of Jared Goff over the last year and a half. I don't no. think anything Dan Campbell said uh, this week was outside of the norm that what we've heard from him and what we've heard from Brad Holmes. I think they genuinely do like Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff isn't a perfect quarterback. You know, you, you, he doesn't stand toe-to-toe with, you know, some of the other, you know, top five guys, I would say. But Production-wise, I mean, you can't write off what he did, you know, the especially the second half of last year, right? I think everything, look, he asked, what, what do I want to see different, right? I think, obviously, the turnovers earlier in the season were killer, right? We obviously know that, you know, hey, maybe that's two or three more games you could have won if you didn't have all those turnovers. And, yeah. you know, some of those didn't go back for, you know, points for the Big other sixes, team. Yeah. Um, the other thing with him, you know, I, I kind of mentioned it earlier was, you know, when plays break down, you know, that's to me what separates the good quarterbacks and the great quarterbacks. The great quarterbacks that have the it factor are guys that are able to make plays when the defense has the perfect call, right? You're still able to, hey, break, you know, contain, break the pocket a little bit, keep your eyes downfield, keep the offense going when nothing's there. I think that's, you know, something that Jared Goff lacks a little bit right now. Every time last year, at least, it seemed like, you know, when he would pull the ball down and scramble, you know, it was just tuck and run and, you know, get out of bounds. Don't take a negative play. Don't take an interception. Those are some areas where I'd like to see him improve, keeping your eyes downfield. And, hey, you don't always got to tuck and just run. You know, get the ball out, right? Especially if it's third down. I mean, yeah. at least take a chance sometimes. Um, the other thing, too, with Jared Goff, and look, I think this is – I think we could probably agree where an area that – I don't even know if it's possible to make improvement at this stage of his career, but there's still a lot – left to be desired on the deep ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of times last year where it's like, okay, man, I mean, you're going to have a lot of speed. We know that. DJ Chark was fast. Jamison Williams, obviously fast. I know those guys didn't practice a ton together, so maybe the chemistry wasn't fully there. Maybe Jared Goff didn't get the reps throughout the season enough to trust Jamison later in the season because he was hurt. Um, but that there, I think that's still a – and I don't want to say it's a huge weakness, but that's something that this team is missing. They're missing the deep threat, right? Um, and even last year, you know, going back to, you know, when I kind of questioned, hey, Jared Goff, when does he come up with that big play where you're like, that was him, not the system, right? Yeah. Not the play call. I mean, there was one that sticks out, Buffalo, right? You know, you got the ball late in the game. DJ Charks you know, beats his guy wide open. Jared Goff throws it, you know, four or five yards outside of him. You know, that should be, Yep. An easy completion, right? That was a play in my mind that was like, man, that could have probably changed the narrative a little bit. Um, then then Josh Allen gets the ball and does yeah, we what saw, we We wanted. saw what great quarterbacks yeah. look like, yeah. right? But uh, look, I think that he is – obviously what he exemplifies, the character, uh, you know, the attitude, the grit, the toughness, all of those things are characteristics that uh, this team loves. I mean, this team wants in all of their guys. Um, with that being said, though – 
I'm not looking at just this year, right? I'm looking at the next five years. Uh, I'm looking at, hey, Jared Goff is getting to the point where you might need to make a decision as soon as this offseason if you want to extend him. Uh, is that a guy that you're going to be comfortable paying $45 million a year to that can go out there and be a system guy that's not going to do anything tremendously great, right? Yeah. He's not going to be tremendously bad. Uh, he's going to, when things are going well, he's going to do, he's going to play good. When things aren't going so well, I don't know, right? Yeah. That's the question. That's just the question, right? So uh, I'm looking at, you know, the next five years. I think this team is opening up uh, a pretty big window here with uh, the amount of youth that they have, with the amount of draft picks we're going to see, you know, in, in next month's draft. Do you want to weigh yourself down a little bit by having that big, hefty quarterback contract? That's going to be something that's interesting. And I go back and forth all the time. I got the devil and the angel on the shoulders. And, yeah. you know, one's telling me, yeah, you got your quarterback, man. Just let it go. This one's telling me, hey, look at these other teams that have built, you know, hey, they got that young quarterback contract. Look at the other players they can afford. And uh, so I go back and forth a lot. on, But, but it's, it's going to be a tough decision. I'm glad I'm not the one that's going to have to make it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why we're sitting here and not in Allen Park. So I do want to ask you this question because – one of the sports books came out. Vegas has now come out with the over-under win total. Now that free agency is done, we still have the draft, but we know free agents will probably make more of an impact on this year's team than draft picks, even though the Lions have, you know, those those two firsts and two seconds. Um, the win total for the Detroit Lions this year is at nine and a half. Are you taking the over or the under? I think right now I would take the over for you'd sure. I would think you'd have to. I mean, you're just just in theory, you know, yeah, I know they got hot last year, but nine wins last year, we're all expecting this team to improve. Yeah. That obviously looks like 10 or more. <laughs> so I would, I would uh, yeah. as of right run, now, yeah, yeah I, think, uh, I think for sure that nine and a half number is um, – Seems a bit low. I'm not, I'm not going to say this team's – I think they're going to win 13 okay. games. But when you look at the rest of the division, I mean, this is a team that, you know, Dan Campbell, what, 5-1 and one against the division last year? Should uh, at a minimum be 5-1, and one, I think, this coming year. Now, you could I say 4-2 so depending on some road games, but I think 5-1 and one is a realistic division number. And I, too, looked at it and said, they won nine games this year. They start out 1-6, and six, and I don't want to – get lost in the momentum concept of one should carry over to the next year. I don't believe in that, but if the team, the culture, all of and the confidence of some of those players that are going to be key components next year is as at a higher level. Plus you've made great additions in the secondary. You're improving the defense that was terrible last year, played better at the end of the year, but you've improved the personnel. Yeah. I, I looked at it originally and I thought, why is it not 10 and a half? And then I thought, well, okay, are you expecting? I expect the Lions to be a 10 win team. And I know we're only talking about one game, but do you expect them to be an 11 win team? What, what's, what's the top end? Let's I mean, start I don't there. want to get in, I don't want to get, uh, you know, out of control here, but. Well, well that, so um, that's, that's the question. And how much of that is the pain of us growing up? watching the Lions, both having played for the Lions, knowing some of the struggles that they've had, knowing this huge giant cloud that hangs over the franchise, 
are, are we getting out of hand or are we getting ahead of ourselves if we say, if we dare to say they could win 12 games? <laughs> it's uncomfortable a little bit. Isn't it? it's uncomfortable <laughs> I know. It's not only to say it, but to think it. Uh, but no, I think that's where we are. And I think that's realistic. And I think much like last year where we said, you know, hey, I know this point last year, John and I, we both talked about, hey, I think anything less than eight, nine wins would yeah. be a disappointment. I was at now, eight, you were at nine, you nailed it. We looked like idiots, you know, throughout the first half of <laughs> the season. I mean, when it was one and six, we're sitting there saying, okay, how are they going to get to this point? They did. Um, and look, I think that it's it's fair. I think it's, I think it's okay to change expectations. I think it is, we're at a point now where it's fun. Right. Last year, all we wanted to see was a little bit of improvement, make a little bit yeah. of noise. That's something that we got out of that team uh, in the second half of the season. This year, it's different, man. Expectations are different, not only from our perspective, but the players, the coaches. Hey, they showed last year that, you know, they're a team that that is ready to take that step. Yeah. They did take that step last year. Um, obviously, we know that. Hey, from the outside, nine and eight last year, that looked pretty darn good for us, right? That was that met our expectations, but nobody in that building was uh, excited about that. You know, those guys are pissed off. They were nine and eight. They were pissed off. They lost that Carolina game and didn't get to the playoffs because that's the goal every single year. You don't get to that goal, it's a failure, right? But that's going to be the interesting thing. I think is um, just the excitement, the optimism, right? The fact that we can, for the first time in a long time, feel confident uh about our expectations um now i know obviously it's scary to do because it seems like every time we do that not only with the lions but just here in detroit in general we get let down pretty hard and i think a lot of people are scarred from that uh but i think it's okay man i think it's good i think it's healthy i think it's great to have you know a fan base and people that are excited to say this team is primed to take another step not only based off of you know what they've been doing but based off of what else is going around in the division? What else is going around in the league? I think that gives you a lot of uh, a lot of hope and a lot of uh, optimism that is 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 good and is well deserved. And especially John, when you look at look, and I know that year to year things change, right? The worst team last year isn't going to be the worst team this year. You know, there's going to be oh, some no, great Houston teams. might be there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Houston either. might. Chicago right. might not Houston, be there. You know, but Chicago, you look in the division and you're saying, okay, I think we feel pretty confident. Five and one last year. I think three and three the year before, right? I think we feel pretty confident that the Lions should at least enter the season as maybe the favorites for this division. But then you look at the, you know, outside the division, the teams that they play next year Atlanta, Carolina, Vegas, uh, the Saints, the Bucks. Right, the Ravens, who might not have a quarterback. I mean, you look at who they play, and you're like, I know there's obviously on paper, it's like, oh my god, yeah, Atlanta sucked last year. Carolina, I know they beat our ass, but you know, probably going to have a rookie quarterback. What are they going to look like? Raiders, they were kind of a, you know, what show last year with Josh Me. You know what I'm saying? So you always, you obviously look at the schedule too, and you're saying, man, not only in the division, but the other teams we have to play. And look, you still got Kansas City on there. You've got. Uh, you know, Dallas on there, who was good last year. You've got the Chargers, who who knows with them. Yep. I mean, sometimes they score 50 points. Sometimes they can't get their own head out of their own ass. Um, but I think you're just looking at the teams they have to play, looking at this team, saying they're primed to take that next step. I think it's more than fair to expect at least 10 wins out of this team, at least. Because that's what it takes now with the 17-game schedule to get into the playoffs. I don't think you're going to have many years where – 
you're going to get a in the NFC South. Not unless you win the division with a you <laughs> with know eight nine yeah, record. Eight, nine record. Um, which who knows? I mean, if we're expecting this division to fall off, maybe nine wins wins you the NFC North next year, uh, based off of you know maybe the Vikings taking a step back and the Packers and Bears. I mean, who knows, right? But I think uh, I think that ten win mark is is definitely fair to say. Uh, that's a fair expectation for a minimum. At yeah. Least. And if, if, if you're uh, into the bets, it might be time to take that 10 wins right now, take the over, because I do think there's still some free agent visits that are signed up. Um, Kalis Campbell um, is supposed to be coming in at the end of the week. We'll, we'll have some more information on that next week, depending on what he decides. Um, and I, I, you know, obviously the draft, um, you know, there's still a lot to be determined and that, that number may bump up to 10 and a half at some point, depending on what happens in green Bay. I mean, there's just a lot of factors. So, um, when we get a chance to talk again next week, I do, I think we're going to have some more information and some more insight on what's going on with Lamar, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. um, you know, speaking more in the division, uh, but around the league as well. And we'll continue to break down the expectations that we have for the Detroit Lions, for Brad Holmes in the NFL draft. And we appreciate you listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, download so that, you know, Necessary Roughness is always in your inbox every time we come out with a new episode. Uh, it's Lang and Jansen for Necessary Roughness.